Oh, that's funny. Everybody needs a next step. Everybody needs a next step. We've been saying that for several weeks, and we're going to continue to say it. Everybody needs a next step in their relationship with Jesus and this discipleship and this following of Christ. We're going to continue to say you need to take a next step. And, 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 and honestly, the, the message this morning is no different. I kept looking at this over and over all week long, and I kept thinking, wow, we have to take a next step. If you get to the end of this message and you're not uh, in some way making some sort of response, some next step in your heart and mind, then I'm not really sure that you have ears to hear. And you may need to go back and you may need to listen to it again or you may need to open up the Bible again. You may need to listen to God's Word again so that, so that you can hear, maybe for the first time, uh, what it is that you need to respond to. So that you can take a next step. So that you can follow a little closer. Uh, Those are the kinds of things that that God is prompting us to. Uh, We're we're in this series. We've been here for several weeks. And uh, we've been just saying, God is relentless. Isn't He? God is relentless. He is relentlessly in pursuit of us. And, And we've looked at all of these different attributes of God's character. We've said God is holy and God is righteous and, and God is exclusive and, uh, and, and God's willing to buy us back, right? All of these things. God is these things and He is relentlessly in pursuit of His people. That's the really, really great news about who God is. And this morning, uh, we are going to have to collide with God. And we're going to have to make a choice and we're going to have to make a response about who God is. You see, Israel, Israel has, had, uh, ha- has had it pretty easy. Uh, they've had it. Um, God has, has set them uh, in, in Iowa. We would say he gave them a great plot of ground, right? He gave them a great plot of ground and, and he's tilled it up nice for them and he's removed all the rocks and, uh, and, and he said, hey, why don't you go and, 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 and just farm this ground and do really great things here. And the text opens up and it just says that, that Israel has not done well on a good piece of ground. And instead of growing great crop, uh, they've, they've only managed to, to, to produce poisonous fruit. Uh, they've been wicked. If you were to talk about it in the business world, you might say, uh, God gave them great stock and they squandered it. They've done nothing with it. They've wasted it. And so the question, the question that we have to wrestle with is when the good character of God, when the good character of God becomes known, When God becomes known to us, when we recognize His character, what's our response? When God shows up, when we recognize and know His character, what's our appropriate response? In Hosea chapter 10, in Hosea chapter 10, Hosea is going to tell us that those who are sought after have to seek after. That those who are sought after have to seek after. That those who are pursued after have to pursue. That those who are chased after have to chase. 
when we get into the Word this morning, when we recognize the God of character who's holy and who's righteous and who's relentlessly in pursuit of us, He's calling on us to respond this morning. And we're going to have to seek Him out. And we're going to have to chase Him. And we're going to have to pursue Him. And so the question is, when God does that, what will you do? What will you do when God's character becomes known to you? Hosea Hosea says, when we do, when we seek and we pursue and we chase... We have an extraordinary opportunity to experience God. I'm in Hosea chapter 10. I want you to look in verse 11 and 12. Hosea chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. If you're using the Pew Bibles in front of you, uh, if you don't have one, didn't bring one, uh, page 630 in the Pew Bible in front of you. I'll give you an opportunity to turn there. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. It's kind of right there in the middle of the Bible. Hosea chapter 10, verse 11. The sought after must seek after. And we have great opportunity to respond to God. Ephraim is a a trained heifer. How would you love to be called a heifer by God? Ephraim is a trained heifer that loves to thresh. So I'm going to put a yoke on her, on her fair neck, and I will drive Ephraim, and Judah must plow, and Jacob must break up the ground. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground for it's time to seek the Lord until He comes and showers righteousness on you. The sought after must seek after. And sometimes... Seeking after and chasing after and pursuing after God after He has relentlessly uh, sought after us can be hard. This whole very beginning in verse 11, uh, uh, there's a contrast. You see, uh, Ephraim has had it easy. Israel uh, has had it easy. The tribes of Israel have been hanging out and God has given them good things and they've been uh, really enjoying the time. When I was in Nepal last April, uh, I remember it was uh, harvest time, and, and they, uh, they eat lentils out there. Uh, it's kind of like a bean, uh, if you know what lentils are, and it kind of grows in kind of a, a bush, and so they would uh, cut it down, uh, just like we would do like in the, the 19th century in America. They would cut it down by hand. You'd see them out there, and they were cutting it down, and, uh, and then they would take their, their oxen uh, their, or their cows or whatever, uh, and, and you would see them just kind of uh, taking their cows in a circle, round and round, uh, to try and break up, uh, to try and break up the, the lentils uh, from the branches so that the, the grain would fall through and they could, uh, uh, they could harvest right? Well, if, you're, if you are, if you are a, a heifer, if you're a heifer uh, that gets to do that, it's pretty easy work. 
No one's putting a, no one's uh, making you pull a plow. No one's putting an ox or a, a, a yoke on your back. Everything's going well. Every now and again, uh, the person uh, that's taking you in a circle is going to stop, and you get to to eat the grain, and you you can grow fat and and healthy, and everything's wonderful. And that's kind of where Israel was. And God says, you know what? You've been unfaithful to me. I gave you good ground and you haven't been doing anything with it. Maybe some of your lives look a little bit like that. God's given you something and uh, you haven't done anything with it. And He's finally saying, it's time. I'm going to yoke you up. And this is what happens in the latter portion of verse 11. He says, I'm going to drive Ephraim and Judah's going to plow and Jacob's got to break up the ground. And if you looked in verse 12, right there in the middle, and he says, and it's time, break up your unplowed ground. He's going uh, to hook a yoke uh, to Israel, and he said, your hard work is just beginning. This is Iowa. How many of you know what a chisel plow is? We know what that is. You take a great big tractor with lots of horsepower, and you, you, you pull this chisel plow, and the chisel plow's got these long hooks on it. It's not like a disc plow, right? It's not just going to move the dirt around on the top. The, the chisel plow is about breaking up the hard pan, right, farmers? Right? You've got to break it up. You've got to rip it apart. You've got to annihilate the ground. You've got to turn it over, right? I mean, this is a, uh, this is a, a really brutal process, and it's, it's so that what's underneath comes out, Right, and we got to expose that soil, and we got to uh, we got to make sure that the rain gets that, and the air gets that, and so we we take it and we 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 put it in the ground with lots of horsepower and rip it apart. What God is saying here is that Israel, it was time for them to break up the hard pan of their heart. Several years ago, I remember I was uh, trying to prepare for a garden. Uh, I liked that sort of thing. And, and I had this tiller. Uh, it was an old uh, uh, orange Aaron's tiller. And, and it was the front kind of tiller, not the back kind. And, uh, and, uh, and I didn't have the chisel element on the back of it. And, and, and the place that we were going was really uh, unplowed ground. And I sat there, and I got laughed at over and over. Because you know what happened? I went along with that, that tiller, and well, I, it, it was like this. <laughs> that tiller was bouncing all over the place. Because what I needed was something to rip and tear into the ground in order for the ground to be usable. When God pursues you, when He chases after you, when He seeks after you, you have to seek back. How's your heart? You see, He's not just talking about soil. He's talking about your heart and my heart. He's saying, where is the hard spots of your life where you need God's character most fully to become aware in your life? 
And you may need a chisel plow to come along and rip open those places in your life. Maybe the question that you need most to ask is, is to get on your face before the Lord and say, say, God, what is the area? What is the area where your character most needs to, 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 to be made most aware in my life? Where is it that the Holy Spirit most needs to do His work so that your character becomes available in me? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. This hurts. When you have a hard pan on your heart, the chisel plow coming through hurts. And you have to be specific. Sometimes when we ask questions like this, right, we, we want to be we want to be as ambiguous as possible. Where is the place, God? And someone prompts you with it, maybe after church, and says, Hey, where is it for you? What's the area where God's character needs to be made known in you? And you say, Oh man, uh, I just I just need to I just need to love people better. We all need to love people better. That's not an answer. Maybe, maybe you say, uh, well, I just, I just need to pray more. We all need to pray more. That's not an answer. Maybe you would say, well, I just need to read my Bible more. I need to study more. I, we all need to study more. We all need to read our Bibles more. If we're going to allow God's character to be formed in us, if He has sought after us and we're seeking after Him, then we need to get really specific. So it means that we get down on our face before God and we ask for wisdom. God, show me the area in my life right now. Show me one area. Allow the Holy Spirit to become so real in my life that I will hear your voice clearly. And be specific. Well, let's say this. Let's say that your family and your friends on a scale of 1 to 10 say that you're about a 9.5 in losing emotional control regularly. That when it comes to emotional control, you don't have it. And you have a temper. And you don't want to realize it. And it's caused for you some, some awkward moments of apology. It's, it's caused for you uh, perhaps some embarrassment. And perhaps what you're doing right now is saying, okay, alright God, I want to come to you with this problem of my temper. And I want, I want to allow you to shape in me, to mold in me, to break up the ground of this lack of emotional control and this temper. And I want you to break up the hard ground. And I'm going to repent. 
I'm going to turn 180 degrees and I'm going to continue to try and seek after you day after day in this area of losing my temper. That specific. If you're serious about desiring to know God and His character in that way, uh, then you have to be specific. Uh, let's say it's not uh, an out-of-control uh, uh, emotion that's your issue. Uh, but let's say that uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, that, that your co-workers uh, rate you as an 11 as someone who's unpleasant to work with. Now, uh, let's say uh, that, uh, that when you're having a bad day, everybody around you has to have a bad day. Uh, let, let's say that, uh, that, that when you go to work um, and, and, uh, uh, and you want something done, you're, you're demanding and, and sometimes you're, you're passive-aggressive about it. And everybody around you doesn't want to be around you and, and, and it's caused some things and uh, some strain in some work relationships and, and, and it causes for you um, some, some, some hard conversations and you don't want to see it. And so maybe, maybe in order for the character of God to be fully formed in you, you need to break up the hard pan. You need to break up the ground and you need to fall on your face before God and say, I, re I repent of this. I repent of a, a malicious spirit. I repent of being passive-aggressive. I repent just, frankly, of being unkind in my workplace. And God, I, I want You to be formed in me through this. May You break me up so that I can be more like you. You see, if, if we have a relentless God who is relentlessly sought after us, we must relentlessly seek after Him. But that's not all. When we get to the point that we're breaking up the ground, that the chisel plow has come through, that we're doing the hard work of addressing those areas of our life that are not like God, that are not about His character, uh, then we've only just begun. That's exciting, isn't it? We've only really just begun to, to be shaped in His character because he says, uh, he says, hey, if you're seeking and you're pursuing and you're chasing after God, uh, then, then what you need to know is that there's, there's some planting that needs to be done. This is planting season, isn't it? It's time to plant. Notice what the text says. It says in the very opening of, of verse 12, he says, "...sow for yourselves righteousness." If you have done the hard work of, of going through and breaking up hard ground, then it's time to sow righteousness. It's time to plant the seeds of righteousness. Now, now in Scripture, uh, righteousness uh, really has a, a two different aspects to it. Uh, on, on one hand, we have righteousness uh, that is a gift from the Lord. It's only His to give, and He can give it. On the other hand, righteousness is a moral responsibility before the Lord and His character. And, and the kind of righteousness that Hosea is talking about is that kind. He's saying, hey, 
If you have this character of God, if you are His people, then there's this responsibility of acting righteously. Your moral character has to be like His moral character. And so, you have to plant yourself in that way. And this can be hard too. Because He's not just simply asking us to think about it. right? In the church, we love to think about things. We love to get in small groups and, and think about things. And what so clearly this text is asking us to do is not just to think about righteousness, not just to, to think about what good things there are that we could possibly do. This text is saying we need to go out and do righteousness. We need to be right. We need to do right things. We need to do them in the character of God. That's what he's saying. And so, so let's say that you're a parent. And parents, you, uh, you, have, uh, you have children and they're growing up and, and they're going to begin uh, to want to date, right? Uh, they look at a, a boy, they look at a girl, and, and they start giving them googly eyes like, oh, you know. And, uh, and or they, they start coming home and, and, uh, and they're like, oh, you know, he's so cute, she's so cute. And, and what they care about right now is uh, cuteness. Uh, what you care about as a righteous parent is Christian. Now listen, listen. They care about cute you care about Christian. And so the time comes and they want to go out on a date and they want to borrow your car. Are they a Christian? Have we met them? Do we know that they are, are, are people who are, are striving after God? Well, but he's really cute. And this is where you sow seeds of righteousness. And you begin to say, I'm not going to give you my car, and I'm not going to give you my money, and I'm not going to give you my blessing, because right now I'm going to sow seeds of righteousness. Parents, hear me. Well, we, we have to be willing to sow seeds of righteousness in our children's lives in order for them to reap a harvest of righteousness. If we want them to be like God, then this is the kind of thing that we have to do. Cute doesn't matter, but Christian does. And so you can begin right now to sow seeds of righteousness. Right? Are you all tracking with me on this? I hope. And we have an opportunity to do the right thing and be righteous people and not just be popular people with our kids, with our coworkers, with our families. Now let's say, let's say that, that you're from uh, let's say you're from the boomer generation. I saw the boomers all look up just now. Let's say you're from the boomer generation. And right now, you're still in charge. You're the boss. You can dictate the pace of other people's lives. 
And there's something that you've observed in the next generation, in the millennial generation in particular, and you look at them and you kind of look with disdain. Ugh. And you don't like some things that you see. And you don't, you don't necessarily like that, that they always had their earbuds in. You don't necessarily like that their music's too loud. You don't necessarily like that their face is always in the cell phone. You don't always love you know, that they, have, uh, they, they probably have a, a, a Greek or Hebrew tattoo somewhere on their body. And so you have a choice to sow righteousness in the next generation. You can dismiss them and manipulate their lives because you're the boss right now. You can manipulate or you can mentor. And you can take all those things that you don't love about the next generation and you can come and you can wrap your arms around them and you can love them and you can sow seeds of righteousness with them and you can get to know them. And so you have a choice to sow in righteousness Boomers, you are, you are at a time uh, unlike any other to have the kind of influence like any other in a generation that desperately needs older people to pour into them. And so I am challenging you, and the Scriptures are challenging you to come into the next generation and sow seed of righteousness there. You have a choice. You can mentor or you can manipulate, and it's your choice. Will we be people of righteousness? You see, when we have plowed through the hard pan, when we have done the hard work of preparing the soil, and when we have ripped it open, and we have uh, let our character be known, uh, God says, that's not enough. Now you have to plant and sow seeds of righteousness. So what is this result? We like results, don't we? Uh, we, we like up and to the right kind of stats. And those are the kind of stats that God gives us. If we're willing to seek after Him as He has sought us, if we're willing to pursue and chase after Him as He has pursued and chased after us, uh, the kinds of results that God will bring are incredible. Notice the text. Notice the text. Second line in verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. If you have connected yourself with God uh, by grace through faith, if you, if you are connected with God, if your character is seeking after His character, uh, then, then He opens up and says, I am going to give you unfailing love. I'm going to give you mercy upon mercy. I'm going to give you grace upon grace. Uh, this will be the result of your life. I have a sister-in-law. Many of you know this story. On, on Tuesdays, I wear teal. Every Tuesday, I wear teal. We call it Teal Tuesday in my house. And that's because my sister-in-law, Julie, uh, as of this morning, uh, I don't think she's been relieved of her cancer and every morning she wakes up and she's got a whole new routine to life. 
Uh, and she's been battling, and, and like I said, I think she's still battling as of this morning unless the Lord has, has, has done the miraculous. And I wish I could say that because she has been faithful to God and, and her character is a lot like His and, uh, and she's been a, a person who has sown righteousness uh, that, that God's going to heal her from cancer. And so far, to my knowledge, that's not happened. But I tell you what has happened. She's continued to sow righteousness and she's noticed the reaping of an unfailing love. And her community of people like this one have come around her and they have spent time in the hospital with her and they've gone up to visit with her and they provided for their family. And she is experiencing, maybe now more than ever before, the kind of unfailing love uh, that happens when people uh, who desire God's character come back and, and, and surround people. Maybe you're saying, Mike, my, my life is hard right now. This is not what I wanted. This is not where I, I, I wanted things to be. And I, I think that I have, have, have done the repenting and I've continued to repent. And, and I think that, that I have continued to, to come before the Lord and ask for His kind of character. And I've tried to, to sow those decisions of righteousness. God has not forgotten about you. And the result of sowing seeds of righteousness is unfailing love. Uh, notice what he says uh, as you walk down. Uh, it, let your eyes drift to the very last line uh, in verse 12. And he says, and showers righteousness on you. When we seek the Lord, when we chase after Him, when we pursue Him, he says, I'm going to shower you with righteousness. The rain is coming. Uh, let me ask you this. When we have a fruit tree, an apple tree, an orange tree, uh, how hard does a branch have to work to produce fruit? It doesn't. The tree produces fruit. All the branch has to do is stay connected. If you're willing and you're, you're desiring to know God's relentless character. And you can stay connected. And fruit will come of unfailing love. Now really quickly, when do I need to do this? And how long is it got to last? There at the very end of verse 12, he said, it's time to seek the Lord until He comes. When is it time? Right now. It's not time to think about it. It's not time to, to mull it over for a while. It's time right now. And that time has to continue on. It has to continue tomorrow, and it has to continue the day after that, and it has to continue the day after that, and it has to continue the week after that, it has to continue the month after that, and the year after that, until He comes. And so, so people, church, God and His Word is, is calling on us to respond. What will we do? The sought after must seek after. And so I'm going to do something that I don't normally do that's maybe a little strange for me and maybe a little strange for you. 
I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a couple moments. If the Lord has already prompted you with something on your heart, on your mind, and it has already been mulling, the Holy Spirit's been working upstream, and and you have something mulling around in your life, what I want you to do, I, I want you to write it down. Don't keep it private. Write it down. Tell it to a friend. And then I'm going to ask, as I pray, that you would stand up and respond to God and say, I don't care who's looking at me. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say before the Lord, I want to be like He is. He has sought me and I'm going to seek after Him. If that is you, and I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray, and as I do, if that is on your life, if that is on your heart, then you stand. If you're young, if you're old, if you're Christian, if you're not, stand. Let me pray. Gracious God, I ask that, that you would work a mighty work within your people. And that we, we wouldn't mess around that this would be an opportunity that we have to experience you in a way like we never have before. And I pray through the, the things that we must do that we will find ways of responding to you so that we can hear you clearly. Develop in us, form in us, shape in us, shift in us your character. You have sought us and we are seeking you. Lord, for those that are standing, I pray your character would be formed in them. I pray that the one or two items or the three items or the ten items, that they know that they they have to repent of I pray that you will walk them through each step and that you will, you will sow in them righteousness. And Father, that they will reap unfailing love. Father, if we can be a community to those people, help us to do that. If there's people outside of this building who need to help them to sow righteousness and to live out that character, I pray that that would be. But Father, help us, none of us, leave this room without being changed in some way, without responding to you. Help us to take a next step. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.